Welcome to the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lily and Magnolia Travel Production. I'm your host, Dina Farmer. I'm a mom of two wonderful little boys, one of which is on the autism spectrum. I'm a travel advisor, an IDCCS certified autism travel professional, and an accessible travel advocate. I believe travel is for everyone, and that's why on this podcast, we address ways to make travel accessible and successful for everyone. For more information about what I do and who I serve, head on over to www.liliannagnoliatravel.com. Hey buddy, can you tell me what the fastest animal on earth is? And how fast can that falcon dive? Did you know that where we live here on the Air Force Academy, there are peregrine falcons? Yeah, the cadets train them when they do football games and when they do parades. I know you've seen them. We've gotten to catch them before. Do you remember? You don't remember seeing Aurora? I think she's retired now though. But we've met Zeus and Oblio. Remember those birds? Yeah. And a couple of them came to your school. Do you remember them coming to your school? Yeah, that was pretty interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Good morning and welcome to episode eight of the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lily and Magnolia Travel Production. I'm your host, Dina Farmer, and in this episode, I am chatting with Cabrina Williams, an NSBCBA, which is um, a behavioral therapist for those that are not in the <laughs> special needs world. I have a lot of experience um, working with BCBAs because they're one of the main therapists my son uh, goes to see every single day. I've enjoyed talking with her about how as caregivers we often forget about ourselves and how we need to take better care of ourselves because we cannot pour from an empty cup and I personally know that <laughs> firsthand. We focus a lot on self-care in this episode and how a trip away from your self-care duties can bring back your energy so that you'll be fully recharged to be able to devote all the time it takes to caring for someone with special needs. And it's not just autism. Um, I think we were talking pretty generalized about how um, you need to take care of yourself as a caregiver. Cabrina Williams, NSBCBA, is a special needs parent self-care coach. She is a board-certified behavioral analyst and founder of Scratch Made Consulting. She helps parents and caregivers develop the healthy habit of ensuring that they make time for themselves because, as I said already, it is so important. We take on a monumentous task of caring for someone with special needs that we need time away we need to devote time to ourselves so that we can show up 100% for those people that we love. Her goal is to take the guesswork out of figuring out what type of self-care they respond to and to help find one that works for parents because I, I remember joining her group and I told her as I was signing up, uh, a bubble bath and getting my nails done is not self-care for me, <laughs> not at all. She is here to help hold the hands of the caregivers and to hold them accountable by scheduling non-negotiable me time. I'm so, so thrilled to have Cabrina on this podcast episode because self-care is so important. And I believe also that it is very non-negotiable. But before we dive into this episode with Cabrina, let's take a few moments to listen to some words from my incredible sponsors. 
Good morning and welcome to the Lily and Magnolia Travel Podcast. I am your host, Dina Farmer, and today I have Cabrita Williams, an MSBCBA, uh, which is code for some of us that are in the ABA autism special needs arena know as a, uh, well, basically our, our kids support to helping them uh, function in society. Um, I really appreciate you being on my podcast today, Cabrina. Would you take a little bit of time to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Um, my name is Cabrina. Like Dina mentioned, I am a by trade board certified behavior analyst, and I've worked in the field for over 10 years, um, working with early intervention age kiddos to um, folks with brain injury up to 65. And I um, have recently shifted gears by working with the other half of the client, and that is the parents. And I, so that's where Scratchway Consulting comes into play. Um, we are a niche company working with caregiver or special needs parents who need to devote self-care to themselves so that they can show up in a more effective way for their families. And we're using the principles of behavior analysis to do that. And so I'm very happy to, to come on here because I know you um, were excited to touch on the topic of caregiver and caregiver burnout and yes. how to apply self-care um, in, in the practice of everyday life um, as we you know, know that it can get very busy. <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because I was just saying before we started this that I have ABA <laughs> a couple hours after this recording, but yeah, it's we can get yes. super busy. <laughs> I know that world very, very well. So yes, it can get super like just wonky and yeah. so to kind of have structure. <laughs> so the real reason I wanted to have you on this podcast episode was because um, I found as a, a caregiver myself that I, I can feel a lot of burnout and how it can be super stressful to be watching my child with autism, who you're going to keep hearing him in the background. Thank you, son. And um, my youngest one, who is neurotypical, and he's three. <laughs> so uh, that combination it, it can be a little trying sometimes. But um, as a travel agent, I feel like a focus, especially when trying to um, take care of yourself, is a vacation. Um, and that's what I wanted to dive into. But first, I, I wanted to ask you if you could describe what caregiver burnout is and um, possibly like how we can identify uh, when we're <laughs> when we as special needs parents are feeling that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So caregiver burnout overall you feel a couple of different things and it sort of varies from person to person, but the state of your physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion is overwhelming. Um, it might be accompanied by um, the, the thoughts you feel caring for whoever you're caring for, um, adult or child. Um, you might feel tired. Um, I've seen a lot of caregiver burnout, you know, in person and have seen a lot of them listing um, signs of feeling sick um, as a tired, of uh, feeling physically just not being able to catch up on your energy, um, no matter how much or how little sleep you get, you just feel the same. 
Um, and so, like I said, it, it does vary from person to person. Um, but overall, you kind of feel like you just are not yourself physically, emotionally, and mentally. Um, is that, does that answer your question a little bit? <laughs> yes, for sure. And I, I know, me personally, I have felt caregiver bit burnout <laughs> this week alone <laughs> from, from, you know, being a caregiver during the coronavirus and um, mm-hmm. not having my child being supported by a school because school is out <laughs> for mm-hmm. the summer, you know? So I've, I've felt like that's a big one for me is just the pure exhaustion of, I just, there's not enough hours in the day and not, yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm not getting enough sleep, even though I, you know, I am getting the full eight hours, but it's that, uh, I guess, what would that word be like that heaviness, you know, yeah. of like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. man, I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Thinking about caregiver burnout, what does self care look like? And I know it looks like something different for everybody, but what would be maybe a generalized idea of what self-care is? Well, that's a great question because there's so many people that have just a distorted view on self-care. Um, it's kind of a thrown around term, but it's become very popular in the last, I would say, five to six years where that is just booming and it's in every magazine and <laughs> yeah. as you see it so much, you kind of get desensitized and really don't know what is that again? Like now I'm starting to lose touch on what that word means. But for us at Scratchmate Consulting, we really take into account the social, emotional, mental, and physical aspect. And when you have all of those things and you're consistently putting efforts towards something towards that domain of self-care then those things really enhance your overall wellness um so for the special needs parent those are the things that i would say to focus on um because it's a it's something that you probably haven't gotten gotten to utilizing or having as a form of practice since before your child's diagnosis um and so a lot of um, especially these parents that I've worked with will say, well, geez, I don't know when the last time I've gone out, you know? And so that social piece is really important Or a lot of them will say, well, you know what? I don't really do much more than just drive all day or fix meals and clean up. What can I do for physical? Um, and so I give them strategies for that. Um, and it's so, like you said, you alluded to, it's very, um, individualized, Right. Um, and there's a lot of factors invo- involved um, playing a part of um, environmental, you know, knowing their schedule, um, knowing kind of what their day to day is and knowing what they, they can insert into their day. What's what's realistic for them. And so that really does vary from family to family based on the dynamic already set up. But there are things that we can tweak to maximize um, time to themselves. But um I, th- I think that it's it's really important to not confuse it with going on um, these luxurious, you know, trips um, every uh, three months. And then and those yeah. things are really good and you should strive for it. But that's mm-hmm. not when you should wait and save all your, your, your um, I guess, your energy and eggs in one basket to go on right. that trip. Um, self-care should be implemented every day. And I think that that is... Um, I would be remiss to say that it's just, you know, allotted for different, you know, trips. Um, but it's also good to have every day in your life. So when you do go 
on that trip, you probably would will enjoy it more because you've been putting in the work and in, in the effort and ensuring that you can enjoy it, if that makes sense. <laughs> 100%. Um, and you just kind of alluded to something that I was going to bring up. Um, to be transparent, I'm a part of Cabrina's group on Facebook, and I will leave a link in my uh, description below to that group where she, um, this is how I found her. In the, <laughs> To, um, in her group, she helps parents or caregivers um, find moments in their day for self-care. So um, that is the most important thing. And um, it's not anything like some of my friends. And, you know, everybody, self-care is different for everybody. And I remember distinctly when I was signing up for your group, I was like, I don't want to be told I need to get a pedicure and a bubble bath because that's not self-care for me. Uh-huh. I remember actually reading your responses. Yeah. You did say that. That's I true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but could you provide some strategies for, um, or maybe some tips or ideas for um, how you could do some form of self-care every day? I know you do it really well in the group, like giving yourself five minutes to, like for me, a form of self-care is having a cup of hot tea in the morning mm. and quiet without my kids. And I'm just like, whew, I can... <laughs> You know, I wonder what does that trigger for you? Like, does that does that trigger some of the emotional or mental um, components of self care? I just wonder for you because that will be different from person to person. That's so true. Um, I feel like it's just uh, it's really grounding for me. So maybe Mm. it's more of a mental thing of like, I've had my hot cup of tea. It's very quiet in the house, so now I can start my day. Oh, that's nice. You know. not not feel like I can't I can't do it because I try really hard to start a clean slate every day, especially with my oldest son. Because whatever happened yesterday in ABA or the day before, um, we just gotta we just gotta mm. start it new. And I think that's like drinking that tea is like okay, this is the the clean day or the you know the, the fresh slate. Let, let's let's get going. You know, right? Um, I would say if I could say for five minutes, what are some things that you can do? So I would definitely um, give more than one strategy for each type of self-care. So for social, because you said that sometimes you have a busy day previously. And so some of that kind of fatigue and things roll over to the next day. So I would definitely say kind of have more than one type of self-care that you do for, say, um, mental um, or emotional or physical type of self-care, if that makes sense. So that you're not really just saying, okay, this is the one thing that I do. And if it doesn't get done, then I'm a failure. You know, there, there needs to be kind of some, some different things that you pull out of the hat. So in case you are not near your house, there's some other mental um, self-care strategy that you can use um, so that you're not feeling this constant, like I have right. to strive to get this, you know, I have to be in my tip top shape. Cause that will, <laughs> That's, that's another kind of myth that there is only one type of self-care that you do. Mm-hmm. Like for me um, and what I've seen, I don't know, some months ago, I posted a mom who she said that I really need to work on my mental self-care. And um, she told me, you know, these are the things that I like. And I said, well, okay, just kind of, you know, v- rotate them, vary and rotate them. And she found it to be so much more enjoyable than sticking to one thing. Um, but in our group, self-care is non-negotiable. I have this free resource and it's one that I use. And I recently um, just did another <laughs> uh, 
application of it where I was starting to feel like, okay, I need to switch up some of the things I'm doing. So it's called the win method. And it really is a way to pinpoint your engagement with certain activities and items so that you're not feeling like you're just wasting your time trying all these different things. You're really kind of taking an inventory and it's very structured. So again, like time isn't being wasted because time is of the essence for a special needs mom or dad. That's and so, so true. I have this document to help guide you along the way. You'll feel much better walking away that I really did something that really could give me um, a clue of, of what I could or should be doing. Um, so I'm not just trying things that my best friend told me to go to this workout class that I'm not really feeling. But if I just took the time to just think about what I like to do and maybe try new things, um, there's a, it's a three-step process and it takes... I would say it's not a, you know, one and done, but like it takes about five days to do because you're recording and then observing your own behavior. Um, so it's kind of cool that you're collecting data on yourself, but at the very end, you're like, whoa, like, you know, five days went by and I did not realize that I did all these things or that like my heart like lit up when I did this and right. I had been doing this for months and not even really paid any mind to it. I had just did, um, and I'm going to be talking about this in our training tomorrow in the group. And there were some things that I realized I was doing that I didn't realize I enjoyed. And that's kind of silly to say, but that's why this, this, document is so important it's so cool because it gets it gets you your eyes like really honing in on things once you're finished with it you get to kind of like look at it and like okay this is what I did and I didn't realize that that was something you know I could see myself doing that more let me insert that more into my day and it probably probably could take less than five minutes so it just it's a very individualized approach from person to person yeah and it almost <laughs> sounds in a way Cabrina that um I I wonder I feel like I know for me personally, sorry, that um, sometimes I feel like as a caregiver, I start to lose my identity. And it seems mm -hmm. like from what you're saying with self-care, especially that it's a way to bring um, your identity back, like find your wants and your, or not your wants, but things that you like, oh, yeah. you know, um, because before, like I honestly, yesterday um, we were doing ABA with my son and I was just like, he's painting. I like painting. <laughs> Why don't I paint with him during our little demand and um, preferred activity thing? Mm -hmm. um, and it was so relaxing. And that, you know, I could easily say that was a form of self-care because I got his little duration of 10 minutes to do his creative time. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just nice to be able to sit there and I didn't accomplish very much, but I was able to <laughs> stain a piece of wood to prep it to get ready to paint. And I was just like, this is this is so nice because I haven't done anything that I like for myself right. in a long time, you know? And I love that you mentioned that because some people, when I say me time, mm -hmm. I'm saying these are things that you like versus these are the things that you have to do because right. it's on your schedule for your child. Your child can be present, but it's devoting time to yourself with or without your child present yes. because it's something that you enjoy and that you without a doubt would do every day. You know, so that's really cool that you mentioned that and that um, yeah. I think people really kind of, you know, just kind of think that it's something else. But these are the conversations I like having. So <laughs> kind of piece apart what we mean when we right. say, you know, me time and self-care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's it's so important. Um, and I think we kind of lose sight of that, especially as caregivers, that we are just uh, 
well, I got to take care of my kid. And then the day gets on and you get to bedtime and you're like, I don't know what happened to the day. Right. <laughs> it's all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I wanted to bring it to my next question. And before I start that, it's the importance of going on a trip. And uh, I'll just say for me personally, what I, I, I was pregnant with my second son um, and I took a vacation. This is right before my oldest son was diagnosed um, to Turkey to go see my family by myself. And that entire 10 days that I was gone, because, you know, all the travel, it was really far. We we're flying from, I was flying alone from Hawaii all the way to Turkey. So that was like a super long <laughs> journey. Um, but just going there and not having mm-hmm. the pressure of caregiver duties. Of course I checked in on him. I'm a mother. Like I can't like not check in on my child, even on vacation, but just being able to be like, oh, I can go to bed by myself and I don't have to make sure that anybody is taken care of. And I'm, I'm the only person that needs to be taken care of is me and not worrying if, if I left him somewhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or if he eloped somewhere or something, um, it was just nice to be able to go on a vacation on my own. So my question to you is when we're thinking about overall mental health and looking at the bigger picture of self-care, how would you say um, a trip for a parent or a caregiver uh, alone or with other friends um, would be beneficial to them? I love that question. Um, And I get I, I get some slack for being honest and telling people what they need to hear, <laughs> what they want to hear. Right. I'm that voice of reason. Um, I think it's healthy. I think that if you think, if you had a neurotypical child, would you take a trip and feel bad? You might feel a little bad. You of might course. feel a little guilty. Um, you might feel like this is new for me and these are new waters I am exploring. But overall, you wouldn't feel too bad. And so... That is a, you know, I'll say if you were a mom with just neurotypical children, that's what most moms with neurotypical children feel like, like, oh my gosh, I couldn't get away fast enough. Um, I needed this for me. I needed this right. So if they're doing it, why is it that you would feel bad? Because you have more responsibilities than a, you know, a, a typical family. Um, if anyone needs that vacation and time away, it's you guys. Um, and you, you'll realize that even when you step away um, and, you, and you have all the help, you know, for the child and you're away with your family enjoying your vacation, even when you step away, you realize that the road didn't burn. They're okay. Enjoy your vacation. Um, this is great, you know, practice for you to do things, you know, in the future again with or right. without them, yeah. but everything was okay. Everything was in place. Some things may have been different with their schedule, mm-hmm. but these are things that they need to also um, be equipped with generalization skills because they're not always going to be going to have you forever and ever, right? That's the realization of it. That's but true. Like, that is a very good practice. Um and so I always play kind of like devil's advocate. Well, <laughs> the other moms that do vacations and go on girls trip and they have less, and I say this loosely, but they have less responsibilities than you guys have. Um, and so they don't feel nearly as bad and you guys definitely need this, this reboot. So I say, go for it. Um, but also prepare your minds. I think that before you leave, it's 
kind of like come to grips with what's going to happen when I leave. How am I feeling now? Let me kind of piece that apart um, and know that these are the affirmations that I need to tell to tell myself leading up to that trip and while I'm away because I deserve this. Um, everything's going to be okay. The world isn't going to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. I have set procedures and, and protocols in place in the home so that it doesn't. And if it does, that's okay. You know, it's a learning curve for everyone, but it would kind of be giving them a disservice if you didn't do that because they need you away from them too. You know, it's a good, it's a good practice to, to spend a long time. It is. Especially away, if you actual have a long time. Right. Totally. I, I was going to say, especially if you have, um, a high functioning child uh, or on the autism spectrum, like someday <laughs> they're going to move out. And, um, mm. you know, that's, I feel like a vacation without their, you know, with their, one of their par- caregivers being gone or something like that um, really sets them up for being ready mm-hmm. <laughs> in the future. It does. I, I, there's so much that I think about, um, for parents with, with special needs, which is why it's such a passion of mine um, and, and why I, we started providing the service that we do. Um, it's because those are the things that I want them to, to realize. It's not a scary thing to think about. It's what all parents have to think about. You guys just may have to think about it sooner, um, which makes you guys a lot more prepared and that should make you feel great. Um, but I think it's, it's a conversation that we need to have on, on kind of all scopes so and, true. and all levels of severity, you know, of cases, case by case, but it's, it's okay. You know, just have compassion for yourself. Um, and don't get fatigued by the thought that, oh, I'm being a horrible parent. There's just no way, <laughs> right. there's just no way you guys are. You guys had um, what people would consider, you know, kind of, um, I would say, like you guys had a lot of things kind of coming at you and some, by society standards, you guys were supposed to make it, you know, but you are. And there's, there's so much, so there's so many testimonies within the special needs community from parents that say that, you know, my child was supposed to, you know, not do this or not walk or not talk. And that's great. So reward yourself and give yourself that time, you know, cause you've been working so hard um, and advocating for your, your children. So make sure you advocate for yourself and your self care. Oh, <laughs> everything you just, yes. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you cause you were going on a roll. And I was just like, oh. yeah, Oh my God, this is all, this is really great. Like, Man, that's, I hope that my listeners hearing this are, and then our caregivers give themselves a pat on the back because that was <laughs> that oh. was a really fantastic pep talk because it, sometimes it really feels like the world is against you as a special needs mm-hmm. parent. And then to hear something like that, you're just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing that bad. <laughs> no. You know? And, and this is the thing. And it's, I'm reading this book on mindset mm-hmm. and I'll post something, um, later I'm, I'm creating things in august that you know this month goes by so fast so i had to create things that i wanted to focus on in august it really has <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that i'm reading is a growth mindset growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and what i was alluding to when you when i was saying giving yourself these positive affirmations and pep talks whatever you want to call them is thinking what kind of mindset do i want to to lead with from my family household. A growth mindset says, you know, 
I can do self-care and that may that might look different than the person I follow with two million Instagram followers <laughs> right. you know but I me and my household I can do it and it will look different and that's okay and we can just work it up versus a fixed mindset I count myself out altogether self-care is just not an attainable practice in this household so those those are the things that I constantly I, I, I preach, but in different, you know, the approaches and deliveries um, to the parents, especially in our group. And it's interesting because if you were just looking at the group, you would just think that I was just, I was talking to myself all day because there's low engagement right now. Um, and I'm very honest about that, but it's, it's okay to me because I still have retained the parents that I, that I needed. You know, my goal was to have five parents and now we're at a group of 71 um, and there are parents that are very kind of like quiet and combative where they won't engage, but they saw the posts. Um, I, I had this interesting parent, um, reach out to me. I've been getting a lot of, um, excuse me, messages on Instagram with my posts. And I don't think that there's a lot of parents that have seen a page like Scratch Mate Consulting. I um, know I, I haven't. <laughs> There's a parent. I woke up in the morning, um, around seven yesterday, and I saw this message, and I was like, "Oh boy!" It was a long message, and uh, you guys are notorious for writing long messages, and I'm a long <laughs> response girl too. I'm not a parent, <laughs> but I I read the message, and she was just like, "I was I was so mad at you when I saw your 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 highlights," and I could tell she was. Um, still getting acclimated to Instagram because some of her words, I was like, okay, I was kind of piecing together what she meant. So I, I assume it was highlights because she was like, I saw all these um, clicks and I was just like, who does she think she is telling me that I deserve to have some self-care? And then she, she was really good and honest and she was like, well, why am I getting pinged about someone telling me that I need self-care? And then she answered her own question in the next sentence and she was like, oh, teletherapy has been going on in the household and I'm on that hamster wheel again. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. So you're mad at me because I'm telling you what you need to hear. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm, I'm very good about um, those kind of mes messages and it's not often, it's probably like 1% and 90% um, like positive, but I like, I need, I need my page to exist and it's not for me and not for my adulation it's for mm -hmm. for people to see it and for people to get stopped in their tracks and think about well dang let me um revisit some of these myths and um, limiting beliefs i have right. about self-care and how it can or cannot work for me um because i know for a fact it can work for everybody it just looks different <laughs> it just looks really it really does and that's what i love about the, the coaching program we offer at Scratch Make Consulting Burnout to Breakout is that I take a look at all things. It's it's kind of like the same approach, and we work closely with you guys, um, the BCBAs in the traditional um, role. Is we do the same thing. We yes, do you do assessments, observations, mm -hmm. um, interviews, and because you guys are verbal and can respond to me and have verbal behavior. <laughs> True. I can get that straight from you instead of having to do so much recording of, you know, observation of behavior. And so those are the same principles at, at work there. Um, and so what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of parents that 
that kind of thing that, you know, you know, you're speaking my language, but like, what can I do about it? And it's like, it's, we, we can work, we can work with you. And, and there was just, there's so many questions and that's why I do in these podcasts. I hope open up the, you know, open up the areas a little bit. To right. And conversations about it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope I'm just, I'm thinking of all kinds of things. So I'm <laughs> excited about talking. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but to get back to the, the travel <laughs> topic, um, what, uh, what kind of things, cause we were talking about all the self-care and there's lots of juicy stuff in there about mm-hmm. like preparing yourself, but what can you do to prepare yourself before you go on that trip um, by yourself or with your girlfriends or whoever you're going to go on? Well, it's kind of the same thing. Um, some of it might be a little bit more work depending on if it's by yourself or with, you know, one or two of your, your children. Um, but I think obviously preparation is everything. Right. And, and one thing I don't have to worry about is you guys preparing for things <laughs> and die by your schedule. Right. It's so true. Um, and so that piece is not hard for you guys. You guys are pros at that. I think it's the mental piece. Um, right. Not feeling the guilt about leaving. Yeah. And, a lot mm-hmm. of self-compassion and right. acceptance that this, obviously this was something that kudos to the parent that, that does make it a priority for, you know, um, intermittent trips throughout the year. That's, that's right. great. You know, especially if you're planning and you're not just leaving your family hanging, which that will never happen in this <laughs> community of parents. I don't think ever. so. But I think that, um, that mental, that mental piece is really, really important because so many parents and you know, this, they deal with, um, feeling isolated, going day in and day out, being a special needs um, caregiver for their children, or feeling guilty, um, or feeling shameful that they even have the thought that comes to mind. It's all these mental blocks that really right. deter them from really enjoying any activity or item. Just the thought really can block someone from putting in that effort to say, you know what, I am going to just sit right here and, and look, look through a book or, you know, watch a TV without my kids present and calling on a babysitter. There was recently, and I'm glad you asked this question. I don't know this page well, but there is a mom that found me and, um, she, she posted a picture with her and her husband on a getaway with just them two. So just think about if it was you and your husband right? and you have prepared, you know, respite for your, your children. And it's just a weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. And there were more than 90% comments that were positive, but there was just one comment that stuck out to me. Oh, and I don't no. know if it was because it was just, she po- was commenting a lot. Right. And it's a lot of these newer um, uh, accounts where they just like keep commenting on a new comment instead of replying to the original one. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of maybe what made it stuck out to me. And um, she said, a better set, be- easier said than done was her comment because the mom said that, you know, it's, it's a good practice for you guys as a family to get away and to come back with your cup refilled. And that was the response to that caption, easier said than done. And I felt like, oh, don't put a, a, a fork in her, her trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's important. Don't, don't shame her for doing it. Um, and so I wrote a blog in response to that. 
Um, and it's, I'm drawing a blink of what it's called, but it was on Monday <laughs> and today's Wednesday. So I know it was Monday's blog okay. post. I'll link, I'll give you the link. Yeah. And I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> cool. Cool. And in how it's just like, you're the, at the end of the day, you're the most important person. That doesn't mean that you come first every day, every moment of right, the day, right. but like you have duties and responsibilities that you have to carry. And so if you want to get away and spend 1% of, of the time out of the year to do something for you away on a trip, that is, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic and it should be something that is is happening more with more families. Um, and I know that there's a lot that goes into it. Some people have a hard time finding reliable help or a respite uh, person that they trust because special needs parents want to make sure that if I'm leaving you to my children, I will, you, am I going to do, am I going to expect a call or are you good? (laughs) (laughs) So true. I I know. And I've seen this firsthand. That's why I can really paint the picture so well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so those are the things that, I have seen in the last couple of weeks from parents that have stepped away as 90% of people agree. And then there's a couple 10 that, and I think it's just kind of like wishful thinking. Like I wish, you know, I could live vicariously through you and, and have that time away. And you can't, you know what I mean? It just looks different. Maybe it's not a trip out of the city. Maybe it's 12 hours or even three hours with respite. Um, Yes. (laughs) Because <laughs> you know where you live, your respite is hard, you know, yeah. your agency, it's, you know, there's just a lot that plays into it. Mm-hmm. But like, those are the things that I have kind of just found interesting and piqued my interest. And it's so befitting that this podcast, we're, we're talking about it on, right. on, because that was just like on Monday that I saw that. And yeah. I said, my response, oh, I, I left this part out. My response, it was, um, I love it. I was like, I love to see it. And then I said, do it again. Enjoy it all. Rinse and repeat. And that is like something I say a lot to people is rinse and repeat because it's not one time you continue to be consistent and intentional. It becomes a lifestyle. It's embedded in your everyday, you know? And and, and I think most people think 21 days it takes to take to make a habit. And I kind of I would agree because most of my goals I make for parents is to have like three weeks, you know, to implement a goal before it's really consistent in their right. So, um, I, that's what I say is, you know, there's, there's so much to, to, to think about when you're, you're planning a trip, but the more you do it, the less guilt you you'll feel and, and the more uh, benefits you'll see and, and the easier it'll become to enjoy. It's not, going to be easy the first time right. travel. it's probably going to be one of the hardest times mm-hmm. it will probably be some you know moments where you're crying but like just I always like like to say flip it on the other side and think about the parent without these challenges like you think she'll be doing this <laughs> right that's true <laughs> um I yeah I was thinking um Man, you brought up two things for me, and I was thinking about the respite care, which um, I'm, I'm so, so, so thankful that we're a military family and that the, uh, the Air Force fronts our bill for respite because I know that it's not cheap, and I don't, I don't know how it works um, with other insurance providers, but um, I definitely do things like uh, 
I'll call my respite care provider and I'll be like, can you watch my kids for like four mm-hmm. hours so I can go on a hike or, you know, by myself or with some girlfriends and mm-hmm. um, just take some time for myself. Cause um, I feel like just having that reprieve respite <laughs> from having mm-hmm. to um, have my caregiver d- duties is um Gosh, such a benefit. And I was just thinking like before I said when I went to Turkey, um, the last time I went was three years ago, well, almost four years ago now when I was pregnant with my first, my second son. And I was supposed to go, but thanks to COVID, um, that didn't happen. But I was supposed to go on a trip with um, a couple of my girlfriends and one as another as a mother of well, as another is a mother of a child with autism and he's nonverbal. Um, so I, you know, you always matter perspective, like, man, I have it hard with a high functioning child, but uh, I can't, you know, it's, it's a matter of perspective, you know, but we all three of us need that break. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to go to Universal Studios and that got canceled. So now we're kind of thinking of like, where's a place that's safe? And I brought up Vermont cause there's not a lot of people in Vermont. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm considering, um, still taking this trip and maybe we all like the biggest risk will be flying. But, um, yeah, I think it's just so important to continue, like you're saying, to continue that traveling, even if it's 1% of the year or maybe like one trip every other year, but something to really take care of you as a parent. Not that's to say that families can't go on vacation together, but just Mm -hmm. for your little, your respite (laughs) from your caregiver Mm -hmm. duties. Like I think that, that's really important. Yeah. And it'll give you, it'll, it'll make you just kind of like light up a little bit because you'll, you'll find yourself reminiscing or there's a lot of nostalgia, you know, when you have less distractions around you and um, you're by yourself in a long time, you just have a lot of kind of aha moments. Right. I can't imagine, you know, kind of, and it can happen. Um, and I think, and I'm an advocate for doing both traveling with and without family. Um, but I definitely think that without family doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, and so I think that that's really, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like in, and to think that you can do whatever you want on your time, that's not a bad thing to have that freedom um, and just enjoy it because it's temporary. You're not going to be there. So it's really true. optimize on your time. So that, that, that makes me think of that as well. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This has been so great, Cabrina. Um, we're actually at the end of my question questions. <laughs> so oh. I have some quick fire questions for you and then that will be the end of the episode. Okay. So we are talking about travel and I'm sure that you have traveled yourself. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you, and you can take as little or as long as you want with this, but what has been your favorite travel destination? Ooh, Cuba. Cuba most definitely because I was invited um, to perform in their dance um, festival, Soul by Train. I'm also a <laughs> That's amazing. Train dancer. <laughs> and um, I uh, teach part time at my local visual performing arts school, high school, and I'm an adjunct dance teacher specializing in Afro modern movement. And a lot of my movement stems from um, Afro Cuban, um, African diaspora movement. So they invited me, I found them on Instagram, and they invited me, my best friend, and we traveled over there. Formed. And so that's been my very, very most top of the list um, destination place. I love Cuba, but you know, it's it's different now. <laughs> it is different now. I 
I'm kind of sad. I, I was hoping to get the opportunity to go and then, you know, <laughs> things changed, but maybe, maybe yeah. in the future, you never know, right? Like yeah, things change. Ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would love to go there. I'm, I'm, I love like Hispanic food period, oh which I know is not good for me. <laughs> but. No, and the thing about Cuba is they have, they live on an island really. Mm-hmm. Um, and their food is mostly fresh, fresh fish. Ah. Shrimp, I mean, shellfish, everything. And we right. were eating a red snapper with my husband. And it was the most gigantic thing I've ever seen. And for low cost, I mean, it was amazing and fresh. <laughs> that sounds so good. And uh, my son is, uh, my oldest son is a pescatarian <laughs> by choice because he, oh. we, we have some, um, you know, of course we have some sensory stuff with food going on. So he doesn't like to eat fat. Um, in particular with pork and chicken and uh, steak or cat, whatever. Yeah. Beef. Um, so he, I just, he decided he's just like, I'm just only going to eat fish mom. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I can't, that's pretty healthy eating. So I'm not going to fight you about that. And he's still getting the protein that he needs. So I'm like, yeah. whatever, but that sounds amazing. And I think he would probably yeah. enjoy yeah, Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like might as well just stay here for a extended stay. Right, right. Oh my gosh. All in their food. Oh, for sure. He like when we were I took them um for an extended stay in Turkey, like I said, because I'm I'm part black and part Turkish and um mm-hmm. my family still lives over there and he like ate everything right down to like the sardines and their little bones and everything. And I was just like, Ooh. oh my God, if he was I was just so different because yeah. I you know, I didn't raise him to eat fish, but that's just what he decided to do and I know some autistic kids would not be able to <laughs> stomach the fish the way he's like, give me all the fish in the whole wide world. This is so great. He has a strong palate. Yeah, I know. I'm very proud. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so what has been your least favorite travel destination? Hmm. My least? Oh, goodness. I know it's a tricky one. <laughs> Um, I should try not to associate my experiences with airports because that really mm. has something to do with it. Right. Um, <laughs> they can be t- troublesome it can sometimes. Be, it can be, uh, I, and I just can't even imagine the process now <laughs> uh, in the airport. Oh my God. Gosh. I know. I haven't flown yet. So mm-hmm. probably not till next year. The right. Next year. I'm so serious. <laughs> but I would say, uh, I would, mm, I would say probably, I would say parts of Key West was kind of, not Key West. Oh. It's, it's, I don't know if I have one. That's a hard one. When I've asked people that, they've they've been like, "Mm." you know, it it might be like an experience they had, but they didn't necessarily dislike that location. That makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could have. Well, it was an island that we visited on our honeymoon, and it was just like, I just wanted more. And Uh, so I think that was part of the reason. I I don't think it was um, unsatisfied. I was unsatisfied in the sense that it it didn't offer much. I just think I I wasn't there long enough. So that was like an island. That makes sense. Where they they own Mm -hmm. these private islands. So that was that. That was the reason, but I don't think I have all my experiences are pretty amazing and facilitated well because my husband, he 
graduated with a degree in hospitality and management. Oh, okay. He doesn't know the place. He knows people in those places. And right. makes it all the more, you know, just able to just sit and just relish it all. So I just love, I love the fact that I haven't had a bad, terrible travel destination. Like, I don't have one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no need to apologize. That's, that's really great. Because in general, you want to have no, no matter where you go in the world, like you want to have a positive experience. But mm. I always ask just in case because <laughs> I've had a couple, but not enough to be like, um, the only place was like the airport, like I said, um, and another podcast episode that I think is coming before your episode where I said, I just don't want to go back to Germany. But it really, it was because oh. I didn't like the airport, not because I, because I hadn't actually been outside the airport. I was just really displeased of my okay. experience in the airport. <laughs> Well, well, if that, well, if we're talking about airports, I think the most annoying one mm-hmm. that I've been like through um, is is Miami. Airport. Oh, it was just too. It was it was like the they were like we were going to Cuba, and so their questions were kind of um, abrasive. Oh, oh. <laughs> it made me feel like um, you know, are you am I are we being targeted? Like, what's going on? So I would never. I would never, it wasn't Miami, it was Tampa, but I would uh, never do that. I would never redo that. I would, mm, I would go and choose a different airport. <laughs> true. It's true. I think that, I mean, that, that has a value on, I mean, the thing on you too, like you didn't like, you said it was Tampa, not Miami. Um, and I, it was Frankfurt. So I don't know if Munich flying to Munich would give me a different experience, but I was just definitely like, Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> back to this airport it wasn't like i i would love to visit germany someday i'm sure you would love to go visit like tampa proper i know you're in that area anyway yeah, but yeah. like it's just the experience at the airport you're just like ah, i left a really hmm. yeah <laughs> it has never been my favorite thing like i've always wanted to go through everything as quickly as possible right but that definitely didn't help <laughs> <laughs> so true um I am sure you're going to give me the answer to this question because you may have already answered it, but I did want to ask what, where have you eaten the best food on your journeys so far? <laughs> um, well, I love Cuban food. Right. I swear I'm half Cuban. I just, all, everything that I try and as much training as I had mm-hmm. in the, the dance world with Afro-Cuban movement, I just love it. But besides that, because that's an obvious, when I went to Orlando, and we call that kind of our vacation away from our home, um, it's kind of like a stay vacation because it's two hours away, but they have some of the most delicious foods in Orlando. And I'm not talking about food at Disney or or any of their, their parks, but they're like like in the city mm-hmm. they're really open to cultures like they have a lot of food trucks and oh we did not hold back trying all those different foods from venezuela mm-hmm. to um nicaragua to guatemala guatemala and it was just delicious foods um from every continent and i and i love caribbean food um so I would say Orlando is kind of like a melting pot if you want to try, you know, different foods. Right. And I, to piggyback that a little bit, I think that people generally think of just the theme parks in Orlando and mm. they forget that there's more to Orlando than just the theme yeah. parks. 
And people in Orlando don't take advantage of what's in Orlando. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of locals that said that they didn't know that this part of Orlando existed. And I'm oh. like, huh? <laughs> Did you live here? Like, <laughs> what's right. going on? It's such a friendly city. Right. So if there's any families in Florida with, with special needs children, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably already are going, but definitely check out things outside of, um, you know, the amusement Right. Those, you know, amazing places. There's also really good things outside for the family to do. Um, and I just felt myself like, hmm, you know, like I could just point different families to try this thing and that. Right. You know, just a very accommodating city and you could find something for everyone. Which is surprising because, you know, I think they, they themselves also tote themselves as the theme park capital of the world. And that's all people associate Orlando with, which is really unfortunate because, like you said, there's so much more. Orlando than just <laughs> the theme mm-hmm. parks. Um, so now we are to our very last question, and that is what type of vacation do you enjoy taking the most? And the, uh, for example, I'm talking like, do you enjoy going on a cruise? Do you like visiting all-inclusive resorts? Are you more interested in a beach vacation or a guided tour? Can, mm. Please let us know. <laughs> well, my favorite ones are ones where I can pay the most upfront. So when I get there, I don't have to worry about paying, you know, pocketing anything else out. So right. all inclusive is probably my my bestie when it comes to traveling because like I said, I mean, you 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 forget how much you pay out of pocket when you know when you get to these, you know, fancy resorts or villas mm-hmm. and then you're like, oof maybe I should have talked about that, like where I wanted to go and what, what was the budgeting going to look like. Right. And, and I can imagine that's magnified for a special needs family, um, whether you're traveling by yourself or with family. But for me, I would love to do all the all-inclusive, you know, resorts or destinations that I can get because those are, they give you a lot. They give you a lot and, and you'll find mm-hmm. yourself trying to get, use it all. <laughs> like like on a cruise <laughs> right but like it's 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 just underutilized a lot and those those are the places you, you don't want to miss out on so I, I enjoy those the most <laughs> I I think those um I know especially as, uh I just bring up beaches because that's the top of mind for places that are accommodating for those with special needs um but I know that's an all-inclusive that has a uh I think in Jamaica and the mm. Dominican Oh yeah. They both yeah, and they both have um they both have the the special needs programs there, um which is nice, especially if you're going to an all inclusive because then you can have babysitting cuz the 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 all this at least 80% of the staff is trained um by the IBCCS, so then you can have that really? reprieve yeah, which is really it's awesome that they did that. Um so that you know, your family, you and your spouse or your partner, whoever you're going with, could have mm-hmm. that little break while your child is in the kids' club or whatever. Um, but you know that they have been trained. So if something happens or if your child ha- displays a typical autistic behavior, you're not going to be like getting a phone call like, oh, your son won't stop crying because who knows what happened? You, mm-hmm. you know, never know. But um, um, it's just nice That's to awesome be able, resource. yeah, to not have that stress. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> I love it. I but, love that. Yeah, um, I have no idea about that. I'm gonna tell some of my families about that. 
Yes. And there's lots of things, especially that's why I wanted to bring that up is when you're, um, when you're a family that has special needs and you're thinking about stuff like this, that's why it's a good idea to try to find um, a travel agent, especially one that's certified through the IBCCS like I am, so that yeah. we can let you know about these kinds of resources because there's more than all inclusive resorts that are certified through the IBCCS. There's even cities now <laughs> that are becoming autism oh. certified. So it's, it's, there's so much that's happening and I'm so excited to be a part of all of this, but um, I just... Yeah, kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. Met, I didn't realize that you had all of those credentials. I'm like, wow, like she is <laughs> going, she's going to be making a huge impact if she hasn't already, because this is such a unique combination um, with having the skill set of a special needs parent and knowing that you have a passion of traveling and that that didn't stop you and you went so right. far as to get certifications to make sure that you can pair the two and enjoy your time while traveling with your family. Yeah. And help other families. And I think that that is just so commendable. Oh, thank um, you. And, and it's just like, hmm. There's so many ideas, and I know that we're working behind the scenes on some we of those. We are. Ideas. I'm really excited. I don't want to say anything yet, but we are working on something behind the scenes. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited as well. I think I can't stress that word enough. Um, and just to think that these are things that are happening um, in lieu of COVID. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Meeting like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's serendipitous. Oh my goodness. But I am definitely going to have you back on the podcast when uh, this secret thing we're working on behind the scenes starts to come to fruition. Yes. Um, I can't, I can't wait to talk about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Cabrina, it has been so great. I don't want to take up too much more of your time today. So I appreciate you coming on to the podcast today and I would love for you to leave um, where my listeners can find you and if you have um, any kind of promotions or anything special going on that you would like them to be aware of right now. So I'll let you take it away. Okay. Thank you, Dina. Hmm. Anyone that's listening, you can find me on our website, scratchmeconsulting.com. Um, and we're very active on our social media handles. And so just type in Scratch Me Consulting, one word, Facebook, Instagram, and we have videos uploaded on YouTube and we have a Pinterest. But most um, most active accounts are our Facebook and Instagram, Scratch Me Consulting, one word. And then as far as our, our, our deals, our services, we have... Um, Burnout to Breakout, which was recently launched July 3rd, and that's a new program for um, exclusive to special needs parents. Um, I'm aware that my audience is mainly moms, but we do have room for you, room for you dads, so um, it's a 12-week program. And if there are any adjustments um, with that length, we do work with parents that need kind of um, adjustments to that. But um, for the most part, it's a 12-week online one-to-one self-care coaching program. And we don't add to your stress, we lessen your stress because we give you tools that are actionable and you can utilize with your eyes closed. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, I am going to leave all of the links uh, below in the show notes. So again, Cabrina, I really, really, really appreciate you coming onto the podcast today. It has been awesome. And I cannot wait to share again <laughs> about what we're doing behind the scenes. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you real soon.
Thanks for listening to the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lilia Magnolia Travel production. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a review. Travel is for everyone, no matter their ability. If you have any questions or you want to continue the conversation, I'm available on email at dina at lillianmagnoliatravel.com or you can reach my sponsor, www.travmarketmedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And as always, I will see you real soon.